0: Hi, and welcome to season five of Business Book Talk. Hope you're going to enjoy this new season. I'm really excited about it. I'm sure you will really enjoy some of the books that we have planned. So let's get on with the show. Hi, everybody. Bob again. and I've got me, myself, and why the secrets to navigating change. I've got Lisa Menini online here today. Lisa, thanks for coming on the show. My pleasure, Bob. Thanks for having me. You know, that's an unusual name, Menini.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know. In Italy, I don't think it is.
0: (laughs) Well, with my name being garlic, it's pretty popular in Italy, too. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, I imagine so. (laughs) Uh,
0: For different reasons, for different reasons.
1: Yeah.
0: This is a fascinating book because it's all about, you know, life's going to throw changes. Like that famous book, Who Moved the Cheese? It's all about dealing with life and how things are thrown in front of you and not being overwhelmed by it and and empowering yourself to make change. Why did you think this book was important to bring out?
1: Yeah, um you know, when I was writing when I first started writing the book, I was going through my own kind of um, personal change and there were a lot of really great books out there, Bob, but it, and they there was a lot of theory. and uh, you know i'm I'm a more of a tangible you know give me something I can wrap my hands around and mm. Really navigate this and lead the change that I was leading. Because at the time, it was before, just as I was starting my business. I'd enjoyed a very successful career in corporate um, for like 19 years. And everybody's like, Lisa, you know, now that the division is being dismantled, you really should own your own business. And and I thought to myself, you know, what do I know about starting my own business? I've been an employee all these years. And um, at the time, I thought about starting a business and writing a book. Mm and i even as i was driving down the freeway i even asked i said you know starting a business and writing a book the right decision and all of a sudden after i asked that question something popped up from the freeway headed straight at me i closed my eyes put my hands in front of my face heard this big whooshing sound and then dinging going around in my front seat i opened my eyes to find a shattered windshield a softball-sized hole in the windshield, and a four-foot, five-pound semi-trucks tire iron in the front seat of my car.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And all the while, I'm saying, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. I got <laughs> <I> out <laughs> to the side of the road, landed in a parking lot, and that's where I called the police. And... As I was waiting for them to arrive, I got out of the car, shook off all the shards of glass, although not a scratch on me, and you know, Bob, it was then that I realized how lucky I was. I saw a six-inch gash in the steel hood of the car that that tire iron peeled open, kind of like a hot knife on butter, Mm. actually changed the trajectory of that tire iron, missing me by four inches. Wow. And each police officer came on scene that day. They looked at me. They looked at the original trajectory of that tire iron. And they said, you know, lady, you're on this earth for a reason. And in that moment, a few minutes before, you might recall, I was asking myself, is starting a business and writing a book the right decision? And I got three police officers at different times that came on scene that day and said, you know, lady, you're on this earth for a reason. So I took that as my divine (laughs) message (laughs) to get that book written. And, uh, And I did. Um, and uh, Me, Myself, and Why became a bestseller next to Jack Canfield's Chicken Suit for the Soul and John Gray's Men Are from Mars, Women Are from Venus. Hmm. And, um, you know, it, it, thankfully, it took me five years, though, to write that book.
0: Wow. It so,
1: took me five years. So,
0: let's walk through that five years because that's fascinating. For a lot of people that listen to the show, we don't really dig down um to this level uh, about books you know what it was like actually creating so you've you've had your moment where mm-hmm. you say okay everything's clarified i know my tra- trajectory i'm going to be putting a ton of energy into this direction and then 5 years later there's the book on the shelf. that's a huge amount of time now, I know a a book, the process of of doing a book averages if you do it incredibly fast and you've got all the stuff already prefigured out, I would say a minimum of nine, ten weeks uh, but on average, it's six months to a year. so taking that into account, there's a year right there, but that that's still you know, four years of of figuring it out. so what were you doing <laughs>
1: Well, I was I was writing and rewriting and and Mm. uh, and at the same time I was also launching my own business, Mm. and so you know doing all of that together and uh, and and then too not having written a book before, um, and just identifying okay what is the direction I want to have I know I wanted to have tangible things in the book that people could really put their hands around, like, you know, creating that vision statement. Well, how do you even do that if you've never done that? Or, you know, asking the really big questions, like, what is the contribution that I want to make in the world? Um, Those are some fundamental questions that I began to ask myself, like, why am I here? (laughs) What's my purpose? And all of those questions that really, um, some people go throughout their entire life and never ask, you know, those questions. Mm. Uh, But that was a pivotal time, and, and I was learning about not only myself, but how could I share this experience and this process that I'm clearly going through with the thousands and thousands of people that were going through a similar experience, even the ones after me, because at that point... You know, we had mass layoffs going on um, in the U.S. and uh, and abroad. There were a lot of mass layoffs going out, and, and people really were experiencing these career changes that they never thought that they would uh, ever experience before. And there were a lot of people that were, you know, changing careers and some were even starting businesses. They just didn't know the first step to do that. Mm. And uh, the book, I felt, was really important to how do you... Really take stock of your life and and uh, and then really decide to change, do something completely different. And um, and one of the key things that I learned was how do I do work in alignment with who I am, mm-hmm. so that I can make that big contribution in the world. And as I showed other people how to do that, you know, people were getting these aha's. You know, like ooh, yeah, you know, that's you know, I don't have to do what I've always done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, so it was really a, a process.
0: Well, I, I definitely think that if you are given the opportunity that you're you're <clears throat> disbanded or, or or let go from an organization, sometimes that can be the best thing that's happened to you in your life. And, and to understand that it's an opportunity and not this horrible thing and then get down on yourself and make it this horrible experience and try and say, well, Let's go for it. I mean, this is an opportunity. Let's go for it. Do you think that's one of the biggest stumbling blocks people have to get uh, get over?
1: Oh, huge. And and I've worked with a number of executives that have gone from being, you know, a very successful career in corporate and then suddenly they are no longer employed and that really takes a hit to the ego a lot of times uh, because that's all they've known. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't really see what's beyond that until they can shift into possibility. And once they shift into that new possibility, then, and and most importantly, their big contribution, because everything, everything led them up until that point. And how can they really use what they learned during their tenure in corporate America To start new. I mean, we have, you know, people that start nonprofits and people that really do some significant, um, you know, have patents and start their own businesses. But a lot of times what happens is they try to go back to what they knew before Mm. and create a business on what they knew before, but the marketplace has changed. And so this is why it's really important to understand a piece of how you're hardwired because then you set up your whole business based on that hardwiring uh... you can be much more successful in that way and this is a big part of the book um, is really understanding your hardwiring because that is really going to um, tell you how you naturally execute and when you can align your environment up with that mm-hmm. you can be that much more successful i've often said when you can work when you work in alignment with who you are it's not work
0: yeah exactly it's a joy
1: It's a joy Well you run into people like that
0: um, every now and again and they've just got so much energy they seem so focused they they're, they're you're powering through your life and, and doing all the things you want to and everybody that that person encounters wants that. I mean, regardless if they're employed or not uh, or running their own business, they say, oh my gosh, I want to be like that person. And what they don't understand, it kind of goes back to the executives that uh, worked in an organization and then aren't in that organization and try and reinvent their past life. That is not what it's about. It's about discovering the thing you're supposed to be doing with your life. Mm -hmm. And there are, you know, there are... um, you get body feedback on that like I've done it several times in my life and I'll be walking down the street and I'll have an aha moment moment. and basically it's for me it's like wow I just got this huge rush of energy a huge rush of positive backup from the inside of me saying Mm -hmm. this is a good decision your whole body and all its energy is aligning in this direction. Let's go for it. And for people to block that or be scared to have that happen, I think is very crippling. Mm-hmm. It is. So Good point. So how do people get there? That's a tough question, I know. But, I mean, how do people get from, okay, here I am, I'm unemployed, I want to move forward. How do you discover where you want to be or what you're supposed to be doing
1: yeah that's a really great question and first and foremost I have uh, one of the very first steps is to really discovering who you are innately Mm -hmm. who you are innately and why that is important is because uh, everything will stem from that because no matter what job you held, what, no, no matter what title, there was something very unique about what you did and how you did it. And you really want to capture that essence of who you are and understand that at a level because it could change everything and you know most people get into jobs and for the most part they love it but there are things about it they didn't like and they they probably because there was not an alignment there with their natural hardwiring but when they do align their environment with that they have all these breakthroughs and they create a much bigger capacity to do bigger things because now they know who they are they know what their unique uniqueness is Mm. and bring that out into the world and can do some pretty amazing things.
0: Now, that's a hard thing for a person to do. Do you think um, because social media is around, it's easy to reach out through Twitter or through Facebook or or just through email? Is it appropriate for people to to go back to people that they used to work with and say, hey, you know, I'm in a discovery mode for when we work together, what did I feel like to, to get, it's almost like to mirror yourself.
1: Mm, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a, a really great way to uh, discover how you might occur for others. Mm. Um, and that might give you a sense of what your natural hardwiring is. Um, that certainly is a great part of uh, really understanding your strengths, where you may want to continue to develop in and some of the key questions that, you know, that I ask in the book, people can ask others like, um, you know, what do you think I did really well? What was my strength? You know, what, what, what differentiated me among, you know, among anybody else that, that worked in that environment? Mm-hmm. You know, what was special? Um, and most importantly, the question you ask yourself, and that is, what is the contribution that I want to make in the world?
0: Hmm. And I think that's the biggest one that you can ask people. A lot of organizations are using that um, as a way to motivate their their pre exist you know the the staff saying like we've got a, a thing happening down in Guatemala. If you do really really well, you can do volunteer work. We'll fly you down. We'll, you still get paid. That becomes kind of your your fake vacation package it's very um uplifting and and when the person gets back they're super duper motivated uh, to be working in that organization because it's a life-affirming or a life-changing experience for people that are just getting started with their new journey um are there some uh, pitfalls that they should be wary of
1: yeah, One of the exercises that um, I have people go through is take a look at your, um, your lifeline or your lifetime line um, and identify all of the you know, promotions that you've had, all of the significant life events that you've had. And when people do this, what's interesting is they will often see a life cycle. Happen Like certain things begin and end in in certain time intervals. And why that's especially helpful is if you're navigating change, particularly a change that was unwillful. You know, um, for many people, they're surprised when they get laid off and things like that. Um, And to your point, uh, Bob, when you said that, uh, but this is a great opportunity, and it really is, but when it's unwillful, when it's unplanned, it can be shocking. Mm -hmm. And to get over that shock, it's really helpful to get that assessment of your lifeline to say, you know, this might just be a normal cycle time that I'm going through. And, and then, and then be able to see it so that you understand, okay, this is just a cycle time, and then I'm going to get out of this in whatever three months or whatever the the mm-hmm. your timeline shows you for your specific uh, for your specific life cycles. And so this is sometimes real helpful exercise to go through to say, okay, yeah, uh, maybe I should be pulling when I you know maybe I need to be pushing when I should be pulling or vice versa or just being still until you know uh, the right time. And and sometimes. Our bodies tell us when to do this. Other times, you know, we need to go through this process to be able to see, oh, okay, this is just a normal por- part of change that I'm going through right now.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's it's um, with a lot of people, it they have to have uh, an understanding that, that there is light at the end of the tunnel. This isn't going to go on forever. And the, the human brain works so fast that, you know, a minute of contemplation during the day, whether it's positive or negative, can last in a tremendous amount of time. And if you're working on something over weeks and weeks and weeks and there is no finite plan or you have no idea when it's going to actually uh, catch fire or or get some momentum, it's very difficult to keep on putting energy in, keep on putting energy in. Mm -hmm. Um, Should people be using their... um, the resources like the, the, their resources around them, like their friends and their family and, and uh, ex-co-workers to help them move forward to that? Or is it something that's more of a self-discovery thing that they just kind of have to get out of their comfort zone and push through?
1: So it, it really depends. You know, mm. the great thing about family is they want the best for you. <laughs> and so if you say, I'm suddenly going to own my own business, and, you know, they don't see the, you know, they want safety and security for you, so they don't see the vision that you see. Mm. And, um, and they, they may want to talk you into getting another job, you know? <laughs> even though in your heart of hearts that's not where you see yourself going. Um, so sometimes family friends can be a really su- a real supportive group to be around. Other times um, and it could be an inhibitor. Right. Mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm. you need to get outside sources to assist you, other mentors to assist you in your bigger vision um, that maybe family can't always see because they're so close to you and they want the safety and security for you because they want you to be okay. And it's all coming from a loving environment. um, But sometimes they they're scared for you uh, because they don't see the vision that you see.
0: Mm. Well, and they a lot of times they're in a different reality because they're not in a precarious situation and being put in a precarious situation, you have to decide you got to move through it. You've got to deal with it and how you deal with it. Um, and that's kind of what your book's about is uh, self-discovery, uh, having the power to move forward and the tools to move forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think it it's, it's, makes a lot of sense that if you're constantly running back to the family, you probably not going to get the right type of support because they don't understand that the, you're in a different universe than they, they are right now.
1: Yeah, and your experience is different. And this is this goes for willful change, you know, not just change that um, that happens because, you know, th- that was something unwillful. Mm-hmm. But many people are making the decision now to say, I'm going to go into entrepreneurship or I'm going to have my own franchise or whatever, you know, their particular business model is, because they see something different. They see themselves making a bigger contribution in the world through that work, through their business. And so this is also for willful change too that you want to make in your life so that you you can live your life fully.
0: Mm. You know, I, I'm starting to see that probably the most important thing, and we've kind of already talked about this, is to understand what is the important thing you're doing for the rest of the world? Not like I'm doing this to make some money. I'm mm-hmm. doing this to pay the rent. Those aren't good motivators that are going to get you through the hard times and, and push you and and keep the motivation going. you really got to have something that's at the core of your soul that is the motivator.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. And that's where your bigger contribution comes in. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say that many people uh, are not, many business people are, are, are business owners are not really in touch with their bigger contribution. I'll give you a great example. Um, I have a client. Uh, she's a, um, a health and wellness coach. Well, we know a lot of health and wellness coaches, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but here's her bigger contribution in the world, and we did this work, and um, her bigger contribution is she wants to um, eliminate diabetes in the African-American community. Hmm. Now, now this is her bigger contribution through her work. Now, can you imagine? I mean, this is the possibility that she's created for herself in in this bigger contribution. If she eliminates that in that community, in, in the African-American community, to completely eliminate um, diabetes, I mean, that's huge. That's a huge contribution. Mm-hmm. And this is where when business owners really, when you really get in touch with what your biggest contribution is, is when you're going to see things just align for you. You know, my bigger contribution, sure, I work with, um, I, I mentor business owners in over 11 countries now, but my bigger contribution is this. I know that when business owners are really successful that they give back and they give back to nonprofits and causes in the world and when those nonprofits and causes in the world help their communities those communities exponentially are helped and because those communities are also helped by those nonprofits and causes they get what it's like to be helped and so they pay it forward and through that through that process we can have world peace
0: Mm. Now,
1: that's the context under which I am working under my big contribution. That's the contribution I want to make in the world. And when business owners really get in touch with their big contribution in the world, that's enrolling. Hmm. And then they are up to big things and they are making big impacts in the world.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I remember talking with a very brilliant guy when I was much younger. And he said, Bob, look, at this is the way it works. Make yourself a very, very, very big goal. And it doesn't matter in your heart or in your eyes that it's an impossible thing. That's irrelevant. If you strive to work towards that, you give it a five-year plan or a ten-year plan, you start working towards it and you're consistently working towards it, you will reach that target mm-hmm. faster than you are anticipating he said the hard thing is is to find a goal that is so amazing that you really rarely get to it because on the way you will hit these amazing plateaus of success and if you look at them and say oh that's nice but that's putting me on the path to this amazing goal that i'm going for that can drive you forward and give your life amazing clarity Mm. and it it takes away all this worry. He said, it doesn't matter that you never get there, because you strive for the stars, you're going to get way, way further than if you're striving for the top of a tree. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, with that uh, philosophical rant out of the (laughs) way... (laughs)
1: No, I, ha- I I happen to agree with that because uh, you know we're always thinking you know, you know you're going to get there you're going to well what's there
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know where is there um, and really along the way as you're 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 making that contribution there are things that you will the, the environments and communities that you will transform mm-hmm. on your way to making that big contribution.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that I think that is the, the meaning of a life is not the getting to the end of the life. It's all the amazing stuff you do. And you just happen to end up somewhere at the end of it. It's the doing part. That's the important. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your aha moment, because, you know, you, you had kind of an aha moment when you had the, you were thinking and about change and then you had the horrendous thing happen in the car. But other than that aha moment, when you were writing the book, did something clarify for you that became like, oh, my gosh, now I really get that to the core?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. And I think anyone who's ever written a book will will appreciate this. And and that is um, when is good good enough? Ah. You know, there's a level of perfectionism that I think every author has, and at some point you got to say, okay, I'm releasing this baby, and it is what it is. <laughs> and um, and and you have to get to, and I think that's a life lesson for for all areas of life. Is, you know, you you want to do your best in everything that you do, and um, you, even as an entrepreneur, you know, it, it's not about being the perfect you know whatever it's not about being um but it's about what it is about is about being in um in doing good work but also in knowing when that work is um is good enough Mm -hmm. to release and that's especially hard for people that are perfectionists that really want to you know, do a great job the first time out. Right. And, uh, so I think for me personally, that was a big aha moment. And, um, and then just to be able to, uh, um, be okay with that. Yeah. Things aren't going to turn out the, exactly the way you want them.
0: Oh, they um, never will.
1: Every time. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's an impossibility. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that, that's a, that's a big management learn too. I mean, Anybody that that learns to manage people well, it's not about doing it their way. It's about getting to... Um, getting the project to a point where it's presentable or to a point where we can action it. And like everything today is perpetually beta anyways. So, you know, you do something, you put it out on the market, you, you, you create something, you put it out there, and then you get feedback from your community and for the people that are actually utilizing that tool that you brought. And then you say, okay, great, I've learned something. Now I'm going to polish it a little bit more or improve it a little bit more. And because uh, like if you're a writer, you have an amazing opportunity because you can have a blog and then your blog can address all those changes. So the book is the bedrock where people get to their aha moment and then from there they can go to the next steps.
1: Yeah, that's a good point too, Bob. Um, that And that's the way the marketplace has also changed mm. um, in that, you know, before it was you got to have something perfect out of the gate. Now it's about engaging your audience while you're creating and developing, Mm -hmm. then launching and potentially Mm relaunching later and improving as you go along. But a lot of uh, entrepreneurs that grew up in the corporate world grew up with that mindset of it's got to be perfect out of the gate. And this is something that has really changed in the marketplace. That it's not, it's not about that anymore. It's about engagement and getting people to put their input in it very early on in the process, so that when you are about to launch, um, that it's it's already gotten feedback in several iterations.
0: Hmm. It's, uh, yeah, there's been, actually, it's interesting enough, there's been several business books that we've talked about. And one of them was called Pivot. And that was about that strategy. And it's it's the concept that it's okay to fail. It's okay to have a mistake and then correct that mistake. Or realize that, oh, as great an idea as this is, it's the market's not ready for it. So we've got to give it up. And we're going to, instead of giving 100% of it up, we can say, we are the staff and my learnings and all the things that i've discovered while doing this project how can i shift that subtly and mm-hmm. go in a different direction instead of throwing it all away it's like ah, i give up and then start it from scratch there's the famous 80 20 rule it takes 80 percent of your energy to get going and then 20 uh, <clears throat> then 20 percent to keep it going so there's no point throwing it all away and starting from scratch again
1: right exactly and and uh i think that's that's uh uh, what I refer to as the and solution, A-N-D, it's not necessarily either or, but it could be an and solution mm. that incorporates some of one thing and some of another and then create something from from that. And that's the and solution. And a lot of people look at this or that, right or wrong, good or bad. Um, instead, look at how things could be incorporated. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um-
0: can you tell us a story or an anecdote from your book that you think is relevant?
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, i i get into uh, <laughs> I get into a lot about how people are naturally hardwired, and this comes up, you know, all the time. And um, and with hardwiring, whether you're talking to a prospect, whether you're talking to a family member, I describe two characters in the book. And one is called um, Analytical Anne. And Analytical Anne, um, she likes to read books. She likes to do things, you know, on her own, uh, very analytical in her nature. And then you have her opposite, which is Spirited Sandy. And um, Spirited Sandy, by her nature, um, is, um, is more of that outgoing, and she loves people interaction. And uh, she, in fact, she derives a lot of her energy by that people interaction. Yet when um, Spirited Sandy talks to Analytical Anne, she gets what is referred to as a blank processing stare from Anne. And why that's important is Spirited Sandy will suddenly start repeating herself and repeating herself <laughs> because she's not getting that verbal acknowledgement from Ann. And sometimes what happens is we let that stuff mean stuff, you know, and Sandy would let it mean, oh, you know, Ann doesn't trust me. I don't know what's on her mind. She's not letting me know. When in in, in actuality, Anne is just processing information. But this is how the world runs, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. That we run and we encounter people, but we let something that is actually part of their nature bother us because it's opposite of us. And I think if the, the most, the, the thing I'd like to pre, impress, upon, or, um, impress upon people is that it may not be at all about, you know, Anne not trusting Sandy. It's just simply the way people process thought. And when you know this, this is actually part of your natural wiring And you have a different combination of this wiring. When you tune into that wiring, it becomes so much easier to create your environment, to communicate with others, and to really understand what makes you unique and how to utilize that uniqueness in the world to make that contribution that you want to make.
0: You know, it, it sounds to me that's that's very similar to, the, to Myers-Briggs strategy where you would go in and you would find your personality type. But then the next step is understanding that you may be, uh, let's say, an ISTP and you're working with no other ISTPs in your group and realize, like, okay, I am the person that's going to have to work towards being the better communicator because everybody else is kind of on the same page and it's very easy for them to communicate together. And a lot of times it's not just... Uh, the ability to go into a situation and, and talk to uh, somebody that that a certain way so that you can communicate better, but it's also really important to realize like sometimes you're the you're you're the person that's hard to diffi- uh, or difficult to communicate with because the environment that you're in um, is more analytical and and I ran into that a lot. I worked for a very large organization that was very um, R and D driven. I mean a ridiculous mm-hmm. amount of their budget was R&D so we would have these meetings and i would have you know eight engineers in the meeting and it was me representing the creative communication department
1: <laughs> and, and it was like
0: whoa how do i communicate with these people and for the first 3 or 4 months it was just me trying to figure out what made these guys tick and what they were excited about so i could try and use their lifestyle as a metaphor for me to communicate something that was very abstract for their thinking matrix. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. And that can be very frustrating for a lot of people and yeah. And, and Myers-Briggs and Desk, and those are all behavioral based and there've been a lot of advancements in the field of psychometrics and, um, the What I talk is more about is the hardwiring, which is part of their biology mm-hmm. and part of naturally who you are. It emerges about two years old, and it stays with you your entire lifetime. Um, but a lot of the behavior-based tools do bring out some similarities in there. But understanding that, um, and one thing we learned about behaviors is they change over time, but your natural hardwiring stays with you your entire lifetime. Mm-hmm. That's why it's really important to understand, and for the reasons that you've just said, Bob you go in there as a creative abstract type and you're you're trying to communicate uh, that to somebody who is more tangible and facts and figures Um, you could be trying to talk this to you know the same thing but you get sidelined or sidetracked because you're not talking the same language but when you understand and cue in on how the other person wants to receive their information you can be so much more effective.
0: Mm and you know it goes back to being conscious of your environment as well i mean so many people are uh unconscious of the environment that they're in and are not in the moment they're trying to move forward and their own uh psychological headspace is actually stopping them from making that happen and their frustration is based on not what their environment's doing is how they are interfacing with that particular environment
1: very true and um You know, uh, I think sometimes we allow our environments, you know, we we allow them to influence us and and to some cases spend a lot of emotional energy on stuff that is unimportant because we let it mean stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and when it doesn't mean that at all, it's just our interpretation of it based on our natural hardwiring.
0: You know what, you, you use the word there, uh, interpretation, and, and it's so true. It's a lot of times <clears throat> all the stress that you're putting yourself under is a false interpretation of the reality that you're in. And, you know, going back to people that have uh, major shifts in their life, like they get laid off from the job. You be, haven't been laid off for the job because you're a bad person. You've been laid off uh, because it's... Economically unfeasible to have you in that position anymore, and that's a totally different reason to be laid off. But people take it personally, and they've mm-hmm. got to get off of that personal stuff because it's toxic. It 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 builds up, and and it's negative, and they're never going to be able to outgrow it.
1: Yeah. And even uh, business owners that have been in business a while and they're trying to get to the next level. And, and as we work together, um, you know, maybe they had a failure and and a failure in their performance. You know, and it's really the ability as a business owner to let that go, because the quicker you let that go and move on and just identify, you know, uh, you know, people want to punish themselves and want to beat themselves up. And it's like, it doesn't serve anyone, including yourself uh, to do that. And the, the quicker that you can get beyond that and say, okay, let, letting this go move on is the quicker that you're going to be able to grow your business and make a bigger contribution in the world because this self negative self-talk doesn't help anyone. So how do people
0: get over that i think that's just a fundamental part of human nature maybe it's the way we're brought up with with uh you know being scolded by your parents and it's kind of being hardwired into your system um how do people grow out of that is it a is it through communication and sitting down with people and having earnest conversations like this is how i feel am i wrong am i right or is it something that they just have to do internally
1: no, I think it's, it is a process of um, a, a couple things. Number one, your own personal development, mm-hmm. right? And really understanding yourself and having frank conversations with other people um, in a way that resolves uh, any potential conflict before it even happens. So so certainly uh, that's part of it. And, um, and then also really understanding... Uh, you know what is that bigger vision that that you are heading towards? You know, there's um, there's a, a process, a, a coaching tool that I talk about in the book um, that that talks about how do I, you know, what is most important, um, and then really helps them. It's called purpose points, and um, and and how do I. Um, get out of this negative self-talk and get back on track. And we, we go through five different uh, five different steps to do that. but the first one is identifying, okay, wait, a minute, what's really important here? What's really important to the end game? And I would bet just by asking that very first question, the the most of the emotional things that you, the the things that hook you up the most, really aren't that important when you ask yourself what's really important here to really get you to your end contribution, to that contribution that you're making. Because some of this, you know, he said, she said stuff is is irrelevant Mm
0: -hmm. when you think
1: about what the big picture is. And identifying, hey, number two, what's happening? What's happening or about to happen right now? Number three, what am I thinking feeling and doing? And are they, you know, am I getting in the way of a successful resolution or my purpose in life? Mm -hmm. Am I getting in the way? So asking yourself where it resides. What do I want to have happen that will serve my future commitment? And then what action can I take or not take that will serve that future commitment, that new possibility and those, and through that, those questions will help you pivot off of that emotional state that you're in and move your, you know, get you back on track to what really is that bigger contribution or that bigger goal that you're working on. Yeah, it just, you know,
0: it just fortifies the whole strategy of you have to have that massive goal. You have to have something in the future that you're driving towards. Uh, to, because if you don't, you don't even know if you're you're off center.
1: Yeah, for sure. And um, and then also having something bigger than yourself. Mm. And I've talked about the different communities that some of my clients are impacting, and and the bigger world that that you're working, you know, that you're working at improving, and and working on, uh, and not only tr- but transforming. You know, uh, not even improving, but just transforming it. Um, When you really get in touch with that, there's nothing that will stand in your way. Hmm.
0: Now, for our listening audience, what's one thing that they can do to get back on track? Because let's face it, we're all slightly off track every day. It's just being conscious of that so you can move forward better. So what would you recommend?
1: Um, You know, I really recommend that people have what's called an existence system, and most people are missing this. And an existence system is actually putting into existence that which you said you really want to make and have in the world. And a lot of people say, well, I want to have, you know, I want to make a million dollars. But they have absolutely no plan or system to make that happen. Mm -hmm. No roadmap. And so one of the important thing is not only to have a vision and what that looks like and have your contribution that you're making in the world and align your work. And those are all important. But then you have to not only be in action, but have a system in which to make that vision a reality
0: very true. Now for people that have read your book or for people that are interested in and in learning more about what we've been talking about, is there a website that they can go to?
1: Absolutely. They can uh, come to my website at accelerateassociates.com associates.com and that's spelled E-X C-E-L-L-E-R-A-T-E associates.com.
0: We've been talking with Lisa Menini, me, myself, and why the secrets of navigating change highly recommend it. For anybody really it's an awesome book thanks for being on the show thank you bob hey i hope you enjoyed that show and do me a favor and tweet about it follow us on facebook if you haven't done that already we really appreciate it see you next week